あきましておめでとうございます。みなさん、Welcome to the Weekly Javist 1406. Well, it's my 1406. What am I, a number now? <laughs> yes, I count my lives in the weeks. It's much better than the years. Because years are scary. But weeks, well, it's more, well, concise. And you can kind of get stuff done. So that's why I do it. And in this part, the second part of this week's episode, I want to talk about more、well, the reflection of 2022. Because I did a lot this year. <laughs> so I'm just going to talk about what I did, some things I learned, and maybe helpful for you in the coming year. So I started off this year, like right now, in 2022. Yes, I'm still in 2022, in Mie Prefecture. What's next in Nagoya in Japan? And I was traveling Mie by bike. I had this crazy idea of going from Shiga Prefecture, which is in the center of Japan, the big lake, crossing the mountains on a bike, going to Mia, going from basically the stop part of Mia to the where Shimashi, which is this beautiful area full of nature, lots of sea, seafood, great place. It's also a Spanish village. Yes, a Spanish village. Like, Disneyland, but Spain. <laughs> And I was really going there for Issa Jingu, what's basically the most spiritual temple in Japan? Shrine in Japan? Issa, where the sun god lives. So I thought that's a great thing to start for 2022, right? Like, do some crazy challenge, right? Cycling every day, and then you go and meet the sun god. And you start 2022 with good luck and wisdom from the sun. Yeah. Didn't go too great. <laughs> so, the whole reason I was doing this is my idea for 2022 is I was going to travel Japan on bike. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have sucked. And luckily, when I also have these great ideas, like traveling Japan would be amazing on bike. I'm like, but first, Take a little step. Like, let's try it out. Let's try like a two week, and it's about a week test, right? For New Year's, you have that time. You can take some off, everyone is. It's a reflecting period. So I took a bike ride from Shiga to m i a Prefecture, and from the start, it failed completely. <laughs> like, I set off from Shiga, and by the time I started to get to the mountains, At a punctured tire, and the road, there was no road. <laughs> Literally, there was, yeah, it was a really bad storm, like the week before, and the road across the mountain was literally destroyed. <laughs> Literally, was no road. Because <laughs> you're going through these, like, country roads, country paths, and the signs that the road is closed are right at the end. And you're like, Uh, for cars, right? So I kept on going. I'm like, yeah, there's no road. So <laughs> I gave up and got the train. What's amazing, Japanese trains are everywhere and they go work so well. So it's super happy. And great, I can break the bike down in the bag. That's, that's one tip if you ever travel anywhere by bike is take a bag you put the bike in. So you take it on a train. As in Japan, you can't normally take bikes in the train. Yes, it's annoying. In quite a lot of countries, I think UK you can take bikes with you on the train, 
but for quite a lot of countries you can't actually. You need to break it down, so having the bike is a lifesaver when the bike fails. But, so I went to the prefecture, next day was Christmas, I got the bike fixed, watched a nice movie, and then I was off again to the other side of Mia. And this part was super easy, because it's flat roads, Mia is super flat, I don't know what much is in Mia by Issa, I still don't know what much is in Mia prefecture by Issa and Shimashi. But do you get to the other part, the Shimashi, and oh my god, that was hell. <laughs> oh my god, that was mental. Like literally, it was just hills. It was just hours and hours of just like vertical uplines. Not super steep, but long. And when you're carrying stuff on your bike as well, because you're trying to like plan to see if I can live in Japan while cycling on a bike, it doesn't work too well. Not at all. But I was stupid enough as well to make several wrong turns. So I literally spent about 40, 24 now, how many hours are I just fucking up? About 16 hours just cycling straight up and down mountains. <laughs> like a twat. Yeah, that was not fun. I set out at like 5am and I arrived at like <laughs> coming close to midnight in Shimushi. Yeah, that was, did that. I did it. I made it. I made it alive. And Shimashi was pretty chill, like I was dead from biking. And it was a what a lovely place. And if it's somewhere you want to go to have amazing views of Japan, good food, I highly recommend it. But after that, well, I headed back. So I started heading back to Ise. And Ise is where I spent New Year's in 2020. And if you don't know what Ise is, it's home to the Sun God in Japanese. Shinto mythology and it's basically like sort of like what do you say the Vatican of Japanese Shinto and it was packed and it's to be honest one of the best temple in the shrines in Japan but it's in the olden style it's completely different from all the other temples and shrines in Japan I keep calling it a temple and it's a shrine but it's all made out of wood and the interesting thing about Ise, it's rebuilt every 24 years? Yeah, 24 years. In a whole sort of idea that it needs to be new all the time to be in good condition. Like, it needs to stay the same all the time. So it needs to be continuously being rebuilt. Because it can't age. And the actual interesting reason behind this isn't really about keeping the shrine going. It's keeping the knowledge of how to make the shrine going. And this is what I find really cool about it. Because every so 25 years, 20 years, they rebuild it. I can't remember when it's going to be the next one, but in this sort of 25 year period, that's when you need to take the knowledge from the older people, the wise makers, and teach the younger folks to pass it on. And if you don't do it in this 25 years, that knowledge has a really high chance of being lost. And it's probably one of the reasons why we still see a lot of these nice shrines built in Japan today. Keeping up the same quality as like we have for Europe. We have the big churches, but well, we saw in France a few years ago, if they burn down, can you rebuild them to the same quality? 
Oh, that is a tricky question. <laughs> so that's how I started 2022. Like I said, this was all a start for a nomad life. I was going to bike Japan, and from this I realized, no, we're not going to bike Japan. We're going to take the train and the bike around Japan. What's the best idea? Because, ah, oh, doing all Japan on the bike is hell. So I started this nomad life because I was working as a data scientist, bored out on a computer. So I was like, I don't really need to be in a hotel or in my shared house, staying in one place. I could see Japan finally, get away from boring people and meet interesting people. When you move to a foreign country and you have COVID for the whole time, you can't meet anyone. And the only people you ever meet were boring students who don't do anything. You need to get out a bit. <laughs> So I got out a lot, like I was traveling Japan, like I traveled through Tokyo, Chiba, Shizuoka, Nagoya, Osaka, like Yonegunijima. <laughs> I went a lot of places, and it was great fun. Like traveling Japan is one of the nicest experiences I think you can do because it's such an easy place to travel. And everywhere you go is good. Everywhere has something nice to see, something cool to eat. There's not really a shit place in Japan. Like, traveling in the UK, I would be like, why would you go to, like, most places? Like, you have London, Liverpool, Scotland, maybe go Wales. Like, I wouldn't recommend most places for tourists, especially to, like, live a bit. But Japan, I mean, you can go anywhere and there's stuff to do, and it's great. Even in these more rural areas, you get to meet great people. And this is all thanks to Address. So Address is a really amazing service. About, how much is it? 40,000 yen a month? You can live anywhere in Japan. So it's basically a company that has loads of contracts with hotels, share houses, and has their own houses all around Japan. About 400 also probably less now because it's winter and everyone goes home but it has all these share houses and it's like a airbnb style you go in everything's there you have everything you can make food with there's a bed perfect internet oh all you need if you're a remote worker it's perfect you can travel and work and see new places and for me that was the first real time I get out and meet people and see Japan. And when you travel in Japan, I said it's great, it's a great place to travel, but when you don't meet anyone, don't talk to anyone, it's a bit sad. And I didn't realize this, like if I was gonna travel Japan on bike, it'd be so lonely. <laughs> Cause you don't meet anyone. You just cycle all day and you're gonna be super tired. And you're like, oh, I must cycle more tomorrow. Oh, sleep is in. Like, it's super hard, you'll have great experiences, but sitting down, relaxing, learning about other people, other people's lives, seeing their work, interacting, making friends, drinking a lot, now and then, yeah, that was fun, and <laughs> ah, fun times. But that makes memories, right? You travel, you meet new people, and experience their stories too. And that, I think, is a great thing about a dress. You can travel new places, make new friends, they give you recommendations of places to go, and then it just keeps on going. 
and I want to keep go back to doing a dress. But right now, I'm in a new stage. I have plans, right? I want to make things. That's one issue, right? If we don't know about life, making things is really hard. Like, if we don't have a car, like a big car, a really big car, you can't carry much stuff around. Like, I was half of it with a bike with all my stuff on the bike. And then I gave up on the bike because <laughs> the bike was a pain. I'm just out of a suitcase. But living on a suitcase only gets you so far, right? If all your work's on the computer, it's fine. But I started wanting to make things. I started wanting to do recycling. Because one thing I did this year was, well, last year, if you listen to 2023, was trash collection. So the start of the year, I went to Okinawa with the company I was working for, and we were doing some weird, bit shady AI stuff, trying to detect trash from beaches. And they had a paper that kind of worked on Okinawa, so we went to check if it works. Like, look at the beaches, and oh my god, there was so much trash. There was so much trash there. Oh my god. I was just shocked. I was like, this is terrible. 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 Like, this beautiful scenes you've ever seen in your life. Nature everywhere. And it's just trash, trash, trash. Boy, trash, trash. Giant plastic things. And you're like, eh? So this one, from this experience, kind of made me want to, well, solve the problems. I can my problems over. I need to solve the problems. And this started me, what's the first thing you can do? Pick up trash. So I started picking up trash. So while I was traveling around Japan with a dress, I was doing trash collecting. What's actually quite a nice thing to do in Japan, actually. Quite a lot of people pick up trash in Japan. It's a nice way to travel and kind of make the place a better place, really. And it can kind of get you some attention, really. Like you're a foreigner trying Japan, cleaning up trash, and like, oh, you come to Japan and then you clean up the place. I think I do Like, I didn't get a free step, but some of my friends did it. Actually, get given money by old people. But I wasn't that lucky. But through this, I got into precious plastic. I was like, let's not just pick up trash right you need to pick up the trash then what else right how do you then deal with that that's a big issue because <laughs> if you click the trash right and then it goes into a landfill it's no point <laughs> it defeats the purpose right and the recycling in japan is well it's good when you gotta think about it they got a great system they've got all these the trash cars, they collect stuff, they do lots of different trash recycling, but most of it's burnt, sadly. Because <laughs> I just can't keep up with the demand. And they do sell a lot abroad. And it's just really thinking, like, you need to do it yourself, really, right? You need to find the way to recycle yourself. And this is where I found precious plastic. And precious plastic started the Netherlands, and Netherlands, I think Denmark, maybe. And it's basically open source how to become a recycler. How to make a recycling workshop basically in your own apartment. And I'm making one right now. And it's super fun. Like I told in the last part of this episode, I made a rabbit. 
Yeah! I made her a sickle rabbit. Nice. Tanashimi. <laughs> but this sort of thing is a solution, right? You can do trust collecting, collect it, and then we'll make new products. But the issue of that, well, I couldn't really do it while traveling. So I learned a lot. And one of the places that I learned a lot was in Nepal. So I also was doing a charity campaign with my friend Millennia to do with some pad vending machines to Nepali girls in rural regions of Kakamandu. Not Kakamandu. I forgot the name of the place we went. But forget that. But going to Nepal and seeing like terrible conditions, like I really realized this plastic problem is not just picking it up and recycling. It's mental. Because Nepali people have a mental problem. They do not see throwing trash away on the street as a problem. Literally, they just throw it out on the street. And you're like, I've been learning all this stuff. I was like, planning to become a recycler. And then you just go to Nepal, just like, everywhere. <laughs> Pet bottles, wrappers. You go into the wilderness, like the most beautiful place. Beautiful lakes. You can like, pet bottles. Oh, why? <laughs> oh, it was horrific. But through there, I did meet some interesting people who did a fab lab. And then trying to solve this problem and that got me the idea of like well what does it make my own lab and when I went back to the UK I also networked quite a bit like trying to meet up with some people and one of them met up was, was Plastic Tactics in Liverpool and there's a great guy there Arthur and there's an amazing workshop literally mostly free to use as laser cutters 3D printers, heat presses, and they basically taught me how to make recycled sheets, cut them from a laser presser, a laser cutter, and make products out of it. And it's like, it's great fun. Like, taking waste, what's, was not valuable, taking it to like a tile, what makes, well, so it's like, it makes it a resource, right? Material. You make it into use of material, and you can make products out of it and it makes me really want to buy a big laser cutter but I think first I need to buy a CNC mill but that's for next year 2023 need to fix the 3d printers first oh so yeah that was fun and then after that yeah it was America so it was Nepal back to the UK also my mom's wedding that was fun like literally landed Landed back in the UK. Next day is mum's wedding. <laughs> yeah, it was busy. It was busy, busy. And then two weeks after, off to America. Because we have a VCon. Yes, I bought NFT JPEGs in 2021. And one of the ones that was good, VFriends, gave me conference tickets for a conference in America. And it was amazing. Like, oh my god, that conference was insane. Like, oh my god. Like, I met so many crazy people, good people, like lifelong friends now, and having that experience after COVID was great, because really, I've really made friends outside of using 
I had a few times where I did some challenges, went to the Netherlands, and I went to Finland on my own. <laughs> but the sort of lifelong friends, what you can meet, and then maybe the business in the future, is really hard to meet in normal places. Just on the street, in the club, even their friends can't trust these sort of people. Like, they have no experience. But V Friends is the whole Gary Vaynerchuk, like entrepreneur people. You want to like hustle, they want to do this online marketing thing, they want to make the money online, they want to have a good life. And now it's more about doing your own thing to be happy. And these sort of people are the ones who are really going to do things. I think would it be good as a lot of things in the web free space and even Japan right now there's a nice web free there was a nice web free NFT sort of group but now it's like they've gone into basic market manipulation like scams it's just pathetic I'm like oh, Japan's NFT boom is over <laughs> I'm sorry but the people are gonna make things and make things really good I think will come from this conference. And I really want to go to the next year one, but I need to work hard this next year in 2023 to make the money to go. That's the aim. So, so after that, I was traveling around America for a bit more. Like, I was in America. I want to see one of my friends, Toby, in a line. And we went storm chasing. That was fun. Like, I've always wanted to go storm chasing in my life. And we did it. Because um, one of my friends, he's a tornado researcher. And I was just like, I want to go storm chasing. I'm like, you come in the perfect time. Ooh, let's go. And we're like, sweet, let's go. And we just got on the car with some students and just chase the storm. It's pretty much that. Just chase the storm in the car. And America is well full of full of fields. <laughs> America's a weird place. But after that, yeah, it's Las Vegas. Las Vegas was interestingly terrifying that it's probably... Oh, how would I explain Las Vegas? So, so tacky, so, so bad, but also hilarious at the same time. The, the thing you want to go with your friends who like a good laugh and drinking, not really gambling, because you just lose. Like, it's full of losers, really. It's full of so many losers. <laughs> but yeah, enough of Vegas. Hawaii was way more fun. Hawaii was great. Like, if you go back to Japan, like, literally the one trip around the world, like, Nepal, England, from Japan, and then from UK to America, the Americas, Hawaii, Hawaii back to Japan. So, one lap this year, my air miles are terrible. <laughs> but Hawaii, especially Big Island, is lovely. Oh my god, Big Island is amazing. And I met one of my friends there from the university. Because you're now living there and married. That's one thing to do. You go on exchange for a year. And you just get married and stay in Hawaii. What is a win? <laughs> that is a life win. And she's having a great time. Good on it. But these are the things. It's really good to stay in a hostel sometimes. And Hawaii is one of those places. The hostels, especially on Big Island, are really good. Like a mess of people from all over the world and it's like, I've got a car. Let's go to Volcano. Let's go to Volcano. I'm like, Volcano! Yeah! Like literally there's a place just called Volcano. It's where the super volcano is. <laughs> well, it's just a volcano. Because Big Island is a big volcano. 
and you know it's fun and chilling on the beaches, meeting cool people, drinking a bit, eating some food, going out at night. One thing, yeah, just walking into a Jimi Hendrix cover concert, that was fun. <laughs> We're like, what is the music? Is that purple haze? Yes! It was purple haze! <laughs> ah, fun times. Back to Japan. So when I came back to Japan, I kind of had the ultimation. The job I was with, working with, was a pain. What I mean a pain is I didn't see myself going anywhere. I just had this great experience in America, meeting all these people, having so many ideas for business. So I'm like, I really need to do something else, like go all out on this cycling business. So I decided to leave my job and find something else. Why I leave the job I was doing was for remote and I could really slack off is, well, the company was stressful. It was just in a way, I was doing something I didn't really believe in. Like, if the company's research, you don't really believe in they're going to do things that aren't to your sort of moral guidelines. It's like, I don't like pushing fake research and using that when I know it's fake and it's not good. It doesn't work. <laughs> like doing things that don't work over and over again just drives me insane. So I decided to leave. And I was a bit, where did the money come from as well? Like I knew the company is not going well, like financially. And you're not really a state of power in these sort of things. Especially when you were working in one of these companies. And they didn't really like me traveling around America a bit. And I came back and I was like, I had some issues with the contracts. And I was like, Get back to working. Where's our pay? And they're like, there's no pay. I'm like, what are contracts? It's like, oh, we didn't renew it. I'm like, okay, don't renew my contract. And I work. Them on not continuing. I'm like, oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> well, I don't have a contract. So, yeah. When they get funny about contracts and stuff, when you're trying to be a freelancer, travel around, it's best to leave. Quick. And I now found a nice company in Nagoya. And one of the perks of most Nagoya, Nagoya is I've met Onko Kabushikaisha. So with the address company I was using to live in Japan, they had one place in Nagoya I stayed at and they offered a really cheap shared apartment with one other person who's never in at all, just sleeps. Like Shun Japan don't do anything, so it's no hassle. For about one four thousand? 40,000 yen a month, so about now $300 in central Nagoya, electric, internet, all paid, with access to 3D printers and a workshop. And I was like, that's kind of what I want to do, recycling, win, win, win. <laughs> so it's kind of the perfect opportunity for me, because I want to start this business, make things, and recycle really much do this precious plastic in Japan. So I kind of got lucky and found that place straight off the bat. And I was like, whoa! I was seeing several different companies, some in Tokyo. I really wanted to go for Yamamap in Fukuoka. That didn't work out, but oh well. But I found this place in Nagoya. What's well, really good, and the company I work for now is literally the same sort of work I was doing before. AI related image analysis. But it's a much more, well, principle-based company that works, well, straightforward, 
not shady. <laughs> so it makes life much less stressful. Like if you work with shady companies, there's so much stress there. It's like, oh, you can't do other things when you're stressed. You're worried about your work. Is it right? Is it not? Is this morally correct? When you don't have those worries, you can work, you then you can spend time to do other things. For me, that is now making things. Learning a 3D model, 3D printing, what takes so much time. And the free is a complete asshole. <laughs> and doesn't work. You know, my one, I bought cheap, but that's the problem. But having this time, having a good environment, is extremely important. As I was being a nomad, one thing I did notice is, well, my habits, I was moving around a lot, right? You're moving around every week, you're cycling, you're either traveling by train, it's a bit chaotic. Keeping your habits going to be productive is really hard. Like, really hard. If your life is not super simple, like your job's basically like a writer or something, or needs that, it's really hard to keep going. And especially when you're on your own. Like, I was going up and down, like a little bit emotional rollercoaster sometimes. Had some issues with other people being fucking losers. <laughs> like, oh my god, fucking. People with no jobs in Japan, I have no sympathy for them. They are literally assholes. Like, people blame everything on everyone else. Ah. Like, but that's for the next part. <laughs> on New Year's resolutions. But finding this sort of environment you can sit down and focus is really important, I find. The environment, the people you're around, if they're negative and not positive, that's going to make you down. And that's what I learned a lot this year, really. So the people year-round matter. Like the previous years up in Japan, as I live on my own in share houses of losers who are just miserable. And when you're around miserable people, and with COVID, well, the trouble is you can't go out immediately, you can't do new things, especially outside, you get stuck. And I think a lot of people do get stuck due to COVID. And they got stuck in these really horrid environments. And they couldn't change them. Everyone says, well, you did so many great things in COVID. Ooh, it was so much great. I learned so many things. But for most people, it sucked. It sucked ass for most people. Because they were stuck in an environment they didn't like. And pain. A lot of pain happened. And now we're seeing the winner's bias. But most people did not have a great time. And I had a hard time. Like, moving to a new country was, I want to say hard really, because Japan was super nice and relaxed, but new country with no friends at all. Like, I can I turned into a bit of a social shut-up, really. Because <laughs> my interaction with Japanese people was just bad. Like, this wasn't great. Like, I didn't have great experience meeting new people, because they sucked. <laughs> like, oh, damn, that could be because Japanese could be getting you sucked, and you're just a bad person as well. No, they were literally fucking losers who were miserable at their own lives and didn't do anything. Like the students I met just slept all day. I was like, let's go hiking, let's do stuff, woo! I was like, I, I can't stand those sort of people. Like, I'm a get up and go kind of guy, make new things, do new things, learn new things, let's keep on going. If you're slow, miserable in one of the most, well, one of countries in the world, and you're complaining most of the time, 
I have no respect for you. I can't respect for you. Because that sort of privilege just makes me sick. Really. Like, Japan is one of the most privileged countries in the world with the most miserable people, I find. But there's great people. There's not great people, but it has some of the most miserable people here, too. That is one word of warning. But now I'm in the way in a great place. That was a bit of a rant there. But I'm making things and I'm starting my own precious plastic business. Yeah. I got a little shop going now online. We sold some stuff at one event. Made about 10,000 yen. Ooh. What's about 100x now? It's less than $100. <laughs> oh, the yen's gone to poo this year. But. It's a good idea for me to start my own business, and that's the aim for the next year, is to make this recycling my full-time job. Making things, doing AI stuff for me, not for other people, because I hate that. <laughs> like, I'm more motivated to work for myself than other people. I tried freelancing, it doesn't really work in Japan, sadly. Especially when you're a foreigner. Like, I can speak Japanese fluently, but when you're in the AI fields, if you're young and don't have years experience already, it's pretty hard, really hard, because they don't believe you're experienced, and they prefer some getting some old man who knows nothing of the field over you, because of age, sadly. But that's for another time. So this rant of my 2022 reflect kind of got a little bit longer than I wanted to. I thought I'd get down 20 minutes, but it's coming into half an hour. So we're going to split the next part in the New Year Resolutions into part 3. And before this episode ends, if you did anything cool, interesting, or have any questions about my 2022, please let me know at Javasan2022 on Twitter. That'd be great. And then we can have a little conversation. And if you've got any questions of what I should talk about and stuff about life in Japan for the next episode in 2023, Please message me as well. So, Minasan, Saigamatikidikurta, Hontani, Arikato Kazama, stop. Jiana!